0: Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations.
1: Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn. And one of the things I love is when we have guests that, uh, you know, it's one thing to talk the talk, but they walk the walk. And today you're going to, and tomorrow you're going to just meet a precious lady that's uh, become a friend of mine over the past 10 months. And uh, her name is Ann Allison. And and, uh just so honored that you would come and be on Hope is Here. Uh, I know it was a long drive for you, but thank, thank, <laughs> thanks for driving just down the road and, and joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, and the uh, reason I wanted to have you on the program was uh, we know everybody has a story, and yet when I met you about 10 months ago at Gardenside Christian Church when I became lead pastor there, you always had this great smile and so encouraging and said, Hey, uh, you know, how can I help you? And just were such a blessing to me. And yet, uh, after being here about six months, uh, we were in a Bible study on Wednesday night or Wednesday night Bible study and, uh, you just got asked by the teacher to share about your favorite Bible verse and why you start sharing some of your story. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you'd been through all that. And, um, and so I just thought yet you always have a smile on your face. And I want people today to know that you're going to hear a couple of just really, really painful things that aunt has been through yet instead of drawing further away from the Lord, which Satan wants you to do, or becoming bitter, she chose to draw closer and she chose to do it with joy, uh, being a care- caregiver for several years and her plan of being happily married after and things just, uh, just didn't happen and all oh, the way she planned it like a lot of us, but yet she trusted God and drew closer to him. So you're going to be real blessed. So this kind of start from the beginning, uh, talk to us about, uh, your, your high school sweetheart and when that <laughs> happened and uh, just kind of start sharing your story with us
0: okay uh my high school sweetheart and i were married in 1963 um we grew up in the same small church in frankfurt uh, my grandfather was the pastor there and in fact he did baptize jim and i both on the same day um, we were involved in the church all our lives and we knew jesus as our savior but we're not practicing serving him as lord
1: I want to pause right there that's so huge uh we knew jesus our savior but he wasn't really the lord of our lives and uh uh my accountability partner said that probably twenty five years ago to me. Uh wasn't in ministry yet obviously, but just said, you know, he's obviously your savior, but is he the Lord of your life? And that's part of what our goal is today, is that maybe is Ann's gonna share how she grew to make him Lord of her life. Cause like most of us uh she wasn't. So so all right, so you guys are married, uh you're in church but just kinda of doing the Sunday thing right. <laughs> and not making the Lord of your life, then uh tell share what happened
0: next. Okay. Um, We were living in Louisville. We had lived there since 63 when we moved down there right after we were married. But in June of 69, our son, Eric, was born. Um, We were living in Louisville, but Jim's job wanted us to move to Detroit. We didn't want to do that. So we moved to Lexington for Jim to take a job at Jericho. Um, The company that he worked for had moved, and we didn't want to Moved so one of his professors at Bellman told him said I know a guy that works for Jericho in Lexington would you be interested and so we ended up in Lexington at Jericho
1: okay so then uh, you guys started a family
0: right All right we had Eric was born in sixty nine and we were of course thrilled but then in September of nineteen seventy we were on our way to Lawrenceburg to my parents' house. And it was raining, and on Versailles Road, kind of right there in front of where the Baptist College is now, the car hydroplaned, and our 15-month-old baby was killed.
1: Mm. Oh, my goodness.
0: So um, we believed that God had brought us to Lexington. He had opened all the doors and, and all that, and now we were going to say, why did this happen? What, you know? What, why did he do this to us after we had thought we were following his lead? Although our submission to him was not true. We've prayed and said, okay, God worked work this out, and we oh, he did. That's nice. But we already, always had a plan B. But when your heart's crushed, you fall back on what you know. And that's where we had to, to get down to the nitty-gritty. My granddaddy had had me memorize Romans 12, 1 and 2, when I was probably 9 or 10 years old. I was young. And this verse kept coming to my mind, where it says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. And the words reasonable service just kept resonating in my mind. Why is it our reasonable service? And then it came to the real realization of the magnitude of God's sacrifice of His Son for our sins. But how do we present our bodies a living sacrifice? Been in the church all our lives but still didn't realize what that meant. Um, that same time, our Bible study group that was meeting on a Thursday night gave us a New Testament. And in it, it inscribed, for Ed and Jim, May God's Word and the living Word, Jesus Christ, comfort and strengthen and undergird you with love and prayers, your friends, from the Thursday Night Bible Study. And that verse says, What a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort God has given us, and that was our answer as to the how.
1: Mm. Amen and amen. I know some of you are like, "Oh my goodness, that's good." Where is that? That's Second Corinthians chapter one verses three and four. And you know the thing that I love about that, I found it in my own life. You obviously found in yours that you know God never wastes a hurt. If we allow Him to, in the same comfort He gave us in our trial and our tribulation, it uh, allows us to offer it to others, doesn't it, Ann? Right.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that was a difficult, difficult time for us. But I can say now, after all of this time, that that also was the turning point of our lives. And that situation, God definitely worked out for our good. I don't think He necessarily made it happen, but I think He surely worked it for our good.
1: All right, so you once again now you know, said, hey, we're going to try to continue and, and try again. And mm-hmm. so uh, <laughs> share about what happened next okay. for your the, family. The
0: next thing was a good thing. <laughs> and Jason, our son, was born in September of 1971, almost a year to the day from when Eric was killed. And, of course, he's been our joy and our heart healer. He was the one. Um, when he entered first grade at Lexington Christian School, we began volunteering and Ola Moore, who Marion then was the principal, and she asked Jim if he would consider coming on as business manager and athletic director. And you know, you can't say no to Ola that, when that's she, true. When she asked. <laughs> but he began full time employment uh, as about and at the school. And at that time, his salary was just about cut in half because <laughs> what what he had been doing was much more lucrative financially. But times were good we worked long hours swept the gym floors and did everything that needed to be done but we built some terrific relationships that are dear dear friends even today
1: all right let's pause there for just one second all right you lost you know a precious child um eric mm-hmm. and you know thankfully you were able to conceive and have jason mm-hmm. yet um you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, a divorce happens when somebody you know, loses Absolutely. a child <laughs> tragically like that. So what would you say helped you all be able to stay together through I, that I pain think the heartache. thing that
0: helped us to stay together the most was that we were both seeking to find out the whys and the hows and how do we go out about this. And at this time, we were going to Church of Christ in Lexington downtown Kramer and Hanover, small church. And that group of people just surrounded us and, uh, with love and encouragement and just came on board. And because we were in it together and we stuck together, we just knew that the only way we could do this was with God's help, but together. And uh, of course now, Jim did it differently than I did. We all grieved differently, and we did. And when Jim grieved at the time, But when Jason was like maybe two, a little over, Jim came to me and he said, you know, I feel this grief just hanging over me again because now I see what I missed with Eric. He said he was a baby and he loved him and he cared for him. But he said, I didn't realize what I was missing until now. And so that was another adjustment that we had to make. He had to come to grips with that. And it was difficult. I mean, it was for him. Uh, But we we stuck together, and we studied together, and we went to church together, and we surrounded ourselves with Christian people that would help us.
1: Well, uh, bring that up, because you had shared that when we met, you know, last week preparing for today, and I just thought, you know, a couple things. Number one... uh, you know you stay together you said but two you went to church you were part of a bible study group and you you know were in community with people and so i want to encourage those listening maybe you've had a wound and you feel like you know and the enemy doesn't want you to go to church but to get involved in a life group a bible study class and then for those of you that maybe you know somebody that's lost a child and i know sometimes think i don't know what to say and yet uh you know just the old thing you don't really have to know what to say Mm -hmm. just saying hey i'm sorry and i hurt because you heard I mean you don't have to really have no, the right words you right? You don't have to
0: have the right words just be there just be available for them and the best thing you can give them is scripture just love on them and give them scripture I mean my that Thursday night Bible class where well, they were fantastic they just gave us the scripture and then they were there after that whenever we needed anything just a word of encouragement or whatever they were there and that's what you need to do just be there you don't have to have all the answers because nobody has the answers I mean all the answers you don't so.
1: Amen. All right, so you guys go on doing life. Jason's growing up. Jim, <laughs> he, he liked to exercise, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, he was he was kind of a running freak. Um, he was a runner. He would run ten or fifteen miles a day. He and Jason ran a couple of five Ks together when Jason was ten or twelve, like that, something like that. And uh, but in 1982, he began to experience problems with his right leg, and when he was running, he would it would give out on him, and he would fall. And so we began to try to figure out what was going on. And so they ran a lot of tests and all that kind of stuff, and they decided the diagnosis was primary progressive multiple sclerosis. But at this time, it seemed like it only affected him when he was very tired or when he uh, was running. So we thought, you know, we we can live with this. But we didn't really understand totally what progressive meant. <laughs> and they said he can be just like this for years. He can be slowly. He can be quickly. We just didn't know. But um, except for the fear of not knowing and the, the anxiousness about not knowing what to expect, we really didn't have a daily impact. He could still do his job. He could still go on and do his, whatever he wanted to do.
1: Okay. So things were going well enough that actually uh, Jim took another position. You guys actually right. moved out of state, right? <laughs> right.
0: Well, through Association of Christian Schools International, we met a gentleman that was the superintendent of Mansfield Christian School and in Mansfield, Ohio. And he asked Jim if he would consider coming up there and being the um, business manager for up there. And it seemed like a good move. It was a larger school. They had retirement. They had different things at Mansfield, that Lexington Christian School wasn't able to to offer so we moved up there and uh, but in uh, that was in 86 and about 87 at the end of the school year he began to notice an increase in his problems and by the end of the school year he could hardly walk we had to have a walker to walk and he had cognitive skill problems where he would go to the office next door and forget what they said. He would be in a meeting, and he'd come out of the meeting, and he'd forget what was went on. So it was pretty obvious that he couldn't continue in that role at the school. So in July of 1988, he went on permanent disability, and that's where our journey began.
1: <laughs> How was Jim at this time?
0: He was Oh, don't ask me that. Uh, <laughs> he was about 45. I'm not sure. How. Some, some mid 40s. Mid 40s. Mid 40s. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah he was fairly oh, young. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: yeah, he really was. So, well, unfortunately, we're out of time. And so, but I want you to tune in tomorrow because you're going to just hear how Ann, uh, you know, all of a sudden, Jim, healthy guy, great job. And, you know, helping run a christian school all of a sudden's on disability and she had to go to work and uh, then become a, was a caregiver at night and just she's going to share what you know living with a progressive degenerative disease uh, the just the challenges it presents almost daily and uh, she's going to share how God sustained her through all of this time. So it's a really, really powerful story. So uh, I hope that you'll join us again tomorrow. If you've been blessed by today's program, I hope you'll share it with somebody. For Nan Allison, I'm Greg Horn. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow for Hope Is Here.
0: Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. CMI is your full-service human resources provider in Central Kentucky. For 15 years, CMI Human Resources has taken great pride in helping organizations and people work. Whether it's employee handbooks or help in filling a position, no job is too large or too small for CMI. Contact the professionals today at CMI Human Resources, 859-296-2800 or online at CMIConsulting.com.